Well, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Yeah. Everybody. everybody. We're going to honor you today. The Bible said, honor your mother and your father, and your life will be long what? On earth. So we must honor those, our mothers, and what they've done for us. We're so blessed to have our mothers. You say, well, my mother's not here. You're so blessed to have the memory, the memory of what she's done and how she's helped you. So we'd like for you to go with us to Psalm 77 and 12, if you would, please. Praise God. One of the greatest things a mother can ever give to her child is the Word of God. That's number one. Everything else will pass away, but the Word of God will not pass away. It will be with them forever forever and Jesus said I will bring all things to your remembrance all things to your remembrance so that's why it's important to have the word of God so let's look at Psalm 77 and 12 if you would please we're glad to see each and every one of you here we're glad to see Becky Montgomery she hadn't been able to be here in a while and Paula McCourt I understand come from Dallas to get her and bring her here can you imagine that? Such friendship. How many of you know that friendship is a wonderful thing? And God is your friend. He's not your enemy. He supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory. You don't have a better friend than that to supply your needs. Okay. Are you ready? I will meditate also on all of thy works. And talk of all thy doings. I'm going to meditate. Another translation said, I will talk of all of your deeds. We're going to title this just Mother's Day today. Mother's Day. A guy wrote this article. His name was Robert Morgan. The hidden God's word in your heart is more important than anything in this world. It'll last you through the storm. It'll stay with you when nobody else is with you. It'll go wherever you go. It'll never leave you. And it's to memorize the scriptures. We're going to cover that again in a minute. To memorize the scriptures. The scripture does not do you no good to read it unless you memorize it. You've got to get it in your heart. You've got to get it in your mind for those things to happen. He says this, that I heard a hundred thousand more or a thousand more many sermons in my lifetime, but few equals the one I heard from Rear Admiral Barry Black, a chaplain of the United States Senate. He preached a message one time, something to hold on to. I hadn't read the book, but it's about holding on to the Word of God. If your mother has taught you the Scriptures, one of the valuable things in your life, you're to hold on to it. Teach your children the Scriptures. They may forget it. They may not act like they ever heard it. But I guarantee sometime in their life, God will reveal it to them. He goes on to say like this, Black was born of eight children, Grew up one of the most dangerous places in Baltimore.
Baltimore neighborhood where drugs were pushed and prostitution on every corner. Can you imagine growing up in an atmosphere like that? How many of you know that God can keep you under any circumstances? I remember a message Brother Jew Joyner preached one time. You should never worry about your children. I don't know whether any of y'all remember that or not. Most of you wasn't there because there's nothing you can do to help them because God has signed his angel to them, and you need to expect the angel to be around them. With the word of God, you ought to learn to read it, memorize it, because it's one of the most valuable things you'll ever have in your life is the word of God. He went on to say about this message that he preached. He said, one day Barry's mother came to Christ during an evangelistic meeting, which happened 12 weeks. When she was baptized, she was pregnant with Barry, and the Holy Ghost fell on her. Barry was in the womb, and she asked God, Fill Barry with the Holy Ghost while he's in the womb. He said, I can never remember a, can never remember a day that my heart was always after God, having a heart after God. Wonderful things of God. She said she'd give them a nickel for every verse they could memorize. He started out with Jesus wept. Never despise the days of small things or small beginnings. He was so intrigued with the Word of God. Eventually, she had to change the order. Said, no longer can I afford to give you a nickel for every scripture you memorize. From now on, it'll be a quarter a week. He devoured the Word of God. And let me share something with what he said, what it will do for you. The child grew up and wrote a book, From the Hood to the Hill. Now, he rose from street corners, the worst places in Baltimore. A man moved from Texas up north. And he asked one of the older men, said, What kind of men live up here? What kind they lived in Texas? He said, You couldn't trust them as far as you throw a bull. Same kind living up here. You can run wherever you want to, but the devil's still the same. He's not going to change. You're not going to find a place on this earth that you're going to be free from the trials of the devil. But if you have the Word of God in you, the Word will fight your battles. We're wearing ourselves out trying to fight our own battles when you've got the greatest weapon on the inside is the Word of God has all power in heaven and earth. It'll fight your battles. He went on to say this, Barry did, what it'll keep you from. I mean, believe the Lord's word will keep you. It'll keep you. I want you to remember his mother was the one that got him to quote those scriptures, and she rewarded him. 
of those scriptures. He said, the word has kept me out of the prison. The word has kept me out of trouble. Through the ensuing years, throughout my life, it was something to hold on to. It's the word of God. He went from the hood to the worst places in the world to be raised. But he said, the greatest thing I had, Brother James, was the word. A rear admiral in the Navy. That's pretty well the highest rank you can reach. I want you to know that God can take you out of the worst conditions in the world and keep you and carry you to the highest positions in the world in your life. You might not become a admiral in the Navy, but I tell you, God has no limits to what he can do in our lives and the wonderful blessings of our lives. So, 2 Timothy 3.15 says, Paul said this, addressed to Timothy, that from a child I have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Salvation means more than just being saved. It means safety, health. Proverbs 4 said the Word of God is alive. That's why we need the Word of God. It's alive to your health, to your flesh, to your spirit. Everything in your life is alive. He's alive to the things of God. He went on to say, to make thee wise unto salvation through faith. Everybody ought to say through faith. I want to encourage you when you start reading the Word of God here lately, notice how many times it says through faith. You can have the Word of God. It will not be active until you act in faith. You can have it in here, but you're going to have to act in faith, okay? Elijah told Ahab to get down off the mountain. I hear what? He had a promise from God. He went and prayed. All the promises of God must be prayed for in faith. He spoke it before he ever got it. We're not going to go into that. But you must learn to speak the Word of God in faith, and your miracle will come. He said, you've had it in your heart from a child through faith, which is Christ Jesus. Then he goes on to say, 2 Timothy 1 and 5, When I call to remembrance the unfallen faith that is which would dwell at first in your grandmother Lois. Where did Timothy get this kind of faith? All from his grandmother. Grandmother gave that to her daughter. Her daughter gave it to Timothy. Faith can be passed along down the line. Peggy and I was talking yesterday. She said, uh, you know, said I remember a scripture. I'm not going to tell you all how old Peggy is, but uh, uh, She's close behind me, but anyhow, said, I learned it as a child. The Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run therein and is saved. Brother James Clayton, and she began to talk about you. 
She said, now, I'm going to have to go with James Clayton. said, I don't know what address that is. said, do you know? I said, not right offhand. It's either Psalms or Proverbs. We went to a concordance and looked it up. That's not the point. The point, that word, is still in her heart. After all those years, it's still in her heart. And once it's in your heart, God can call it forth. Thank God for mothers, grandmothers that sow the Word of God in their children's heart. Come on. God deserves more praise than what we give Him. He deserves honor for what we can give Him. Thank God for our mothers. Everybody may be against you, but I tell you what, your mama won't. Your mama still love you. Gene Meadows, I remember the sermon that was preached at your mother's funeral. Something Shelby said. I believe he was talking about Jason. Woke up one morning and thought maybe the Lord has come. Said, I'm going to call Gene's mama. Is she still here? I know the Lord hadn't come. I tell you, you need to have such confidence in God that you're going to go up with him. God can keep you under any kind of condition if you'll keep his word as a child. That scripture is found in Proverbs 18 and 10. The wonderful things of God. I'm going to share one more story with you, then Brother Sam's going to come put the icing on the cake. You always heard the last, always get the best piece of glass. So he's going to bring the best that he has because he has it in his heart. This man fell off the ship during the night. The ship went on out of sight. Nobody knew he was there. There he was. Could see nothing but ocean. Sharks began to come, swimming around him. Hadn't been in church for years, years. But all of a sudden, something come into his mind. Scriptures that his Sunday school teacher taught him when he was a child. He said, "Well, I'll just start quoting these scriptures." He started quoting the scriptures. God said, Jesus said, I'll bring all things to remembrance. It must seem like it dead inside, but Jesus resurrected it. He began to quote them. How I many you know that everything on this earth is subject to the Word of God? Everything visible is subject to the invisible. And one by one, this is a true story. The sharks swam away. Swam away. Because that word of God is so strong, even the sharks would obey it. He opened his eyes up across the horizon, that great vanished ocean. He seen this ship coming toward him. I believe in the miraculous power of God. I believe there's nothing impossible with God. I believe when you quote the word of God from your heart and believe God, he probably didn't know, he probably thought he was going to get eaten and probably going to be drowned. But I tell you, God called them to swim away. 
And he called the captain of that ship to go that direction and come and get him. I've talked to Sister Rhonda Elliott. She told me that Sister Linda had a great part in her life, Sister Linda Whitley, teaching her the Word of God. What more can a Sunday school teacher do than teach the Word of God? And here she is today teaching our young children. I checked on this, Sister Rhonda. I checked on Emily Wisdom. They're teaching your children the Word of God. I don't know how old Easton is. How is he? Eight? Nine? Nine? He can quote the Bible from Genesis to the book of Revelation. Because of those. Because somebody's passing that along and teaching the Word of God. And they're memorizing it. I forgot how old Cameron was. He wasn't very old. He could quote First Thessalonians, just right on down, line for line, word for word, because somebody had taught that to him. You ought to clap your hand in a minute. And the Sunday school teachers that is teaching your children, Brother Sam, Sister Emily, and Rhonda, and Julia, and Julie, she's not here, I don't guess, but even her children, can quote the Word of God. I want you to give them all the mothers and teaching your children of the Word of God that's going to live for them forever. Would you do that? Just give, give, give all of them a real good hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. God bless you for being here today. We're going to ask Brother Sam to come and he'll do a wonderful job and we thank him and Sister Emily for the wonderful job they're doing and you're going to be blessed I run into a lady yesterday that I have never met before talked to her a little while I said are you a mother she says yes I am I said I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day I want you to have the greatest Mother's Day you ever had in your life I tell you you ought to have seen her expression. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. One word. You'll be surprised what one word can do to people's lives. Yeah, just one word. God bless you for being here today. And again, happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Brother Sam, God bless you. May the Lord richly bless you in bringing forth the word. Well, good morning. Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I want to join Brother Don and Brother Billy in wishing everyone a happy Mother's Day. It's a wonderful day to celebrate our mothers and to celebrate Jesus here with our mothers today. Amen. If you would, please turn to John chapter 2. We're going to spend just a couple of minutes there in John chapter 2. And while you're turning there, I do want to recognize uh, one mother today, Miss Jenny Thomas. She just graduated, come on, just graduated college with a bachelor's in biology, with a minor in chemistry, graduated magna cum laude. 
while raising children and and hosting a home and being involved in the church and the schools. And so we're thankful for our mothers that, that will go to all lengths, all extents to make sure their home is provided for and cared for. And, and so we just wanted to recognize her. We recognized our middle school and high schoolers last week. And, and uh, I want to thank Johnny Watkins for reminding me that we've got a mama that's graduated. So I want to recognize her this morning. Proud of you, Miss Jenny. Yesterday, we spent most of the day out at the ballpark. We had a tournament all day yesterday. And let me tell you what I noticed about our mothers out there. They are so loving and generous and caring. It was a very hot day. And uh, my brother and I were coaching our seven and eight year old team. And my son Jack plays on that team. And it was hot especially around 2 or 3 in the afternoon. The clouds broke up a little bit, and the sun came out, and it was humid and muggy, and the air was stale, and, and these boys are playing hard, running hard, and, and all of these mothers, they kept coming in the dugout with cold waters and Gatorades and, and cooling towels and little fans. And, and one of our moms said, uh, is there any electricity in this dugout? And I looked around. I couldn't find an outlet anywhere. And uh, so I, I began to look around, and there was an outlet way off in the distance. I said, well, I, as far as I can tell, that's the closest outlet way out there. She said, well, I'm going to go get an extension cord, and I'm going to go to the house and get some fans, and I'm going to put them in this dugout and try to keep these boys cool. And I'm telling you, the way mothers love and care for their children is incredible. But what I found even more fascinating, though, is whenever umpires make a bad call, that, that switch flips in that mother. And the nurturing side is, is not visible in that moment. In that moment, there's just this ferocious, just this protective mo mama bear side comes out. And they start to let them know that was not a good call. Shouldn't have made that call, and so it was fun. It's always fun watching our moms out there, and we want to honor our moms today. I want to read uh, from John chapter 2 here in just one moment, but they're going to put on the screen Psalm chapter 37, verse 4. It says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. This word delight comes from a Hebrew word which means to be soft, or pliable. Take delight. Be soft and pliable in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. And I know my mom for sure, she has been one that has taught us how to be soft and pliable in the hands of God. How to be soft and pliable. And I want to share a story with you today from John chapter 2 of the most famous mother in the Bible. The story's not about her. It includes her, but uh, it's, she, made a, she was a major role in, in what happened on this particular day. Jesus and his mother and some of his family were all at a wedding, and we know it as being the first miracle in the Bible. Jesus turns the water into wine. So we want to, I want to read this this morning. John chapter 2, verse 1. It says, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. And your version may say on the third day. Uh, the Bible is giving us an idea of 
how far along the wedding celebration was. At this point in time, it was on the, the third day of the wedding celebration. Back then, it wasn't where you just came to a venue and you watched the ceremony and you uh, had a little meal or, you know, fellowshiped with the, the bride and groom and the families for that moment and then left. This is where you, all of the family and, and close friends, all the relatives of, of the bride and groom would gather together at one person's home and they would stay for a week and they would feast and they would dance and they would celebrate together for seven full days and then they would go home. So this is where we're at. We're around the third day of this wedding celebration in the village of Cana. And it says Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. So we see where the importance was. <laughs> Mary was there. And, oh, yeah, also Jesus was invited too. He was there. Um, it says, verse 3, the wine supply ran out during the festivities so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that is not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons and Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When, the water. when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. And when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. He says, a host always serves the best wine first. Then, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. And this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Isn't that just like a mom? <laughs> I want to point out to you, whenever Mary comes to Jesus and says, they've run out of wine, Jesus says, dear woman, this, this isn't our problem. This isn't our issue to fix. Jesus says, my time has not yet come. What time is he talking about? I mean, is he waiting on 3 o'clock? What what time are we talking about? My time has not yet come. He's talking about revealing himself to the world as the Messiah, the son of the living God. When Jesus was just invited to this wedding too, it's not because people were like, oh, hey, this is Jesus, the son of God. He should be at our wedding. Jesus was invited because Jesus' mom was invited. <laughs> The people that were there probably had no idea who he was fully. They knew he was a, a rabbi, a, a Jewish teacher. He taught the word of God. They knew that, but, but beyond that, they might not have known that he was anything special or unique. Jesus was invited because Mary was there. The world didn't know yet that Jesus was the Messiah, 
the promised son of God that was coming to redeem mankind of their sin. They didn't know that. And so when Jesus turned to his mother and said, Mom, my time has not yet come. What he's saying is this, Mom, according to my Father in heaven, right now is not the right time for me to be doing miracles. Because once I do, people are going to know something's up. (laughs) And Mary turns to the servants and she's just like, y'all just do whatever he tells you to do. I can just imagine my my, um, imagination. I, I think that You know, they're in the kitchen of the home, whoever's home that this wedding feast was at. They're in the kitchen, and servants are running around. You know, they've got platters, and and they've got food on it, and they're they're running back and forth, you know, serving things and, you know, getting fresh cloths, you know, to clean and wipe up stuff. And people are in and out of the kitchen, in and out. I mean, the doors just never stop. It's just going open, shut, open, shut, open, shut. People coming in and out. And, And Mary finds out that they're out of wine. And she calls in Jesus, and they're in this kitchen that's busy, and people are running all around, and, and she brings up this, this, this is just my imagination, she brings it up, Jesus, there's no more wine. And Jesus, he, he kind of uses this code, you know, mom, it's not my time yet, because everyone's running around, so he can't just say, hey, mom, I can't tell everybody that I'm the Messiah, the son of the living God, like, my time has not yet come. And Mary does the most motherly thing I think we ever read in the Bible. She's just like, well, it's my time, and it's time for some wine. (laughs) So uh, we might have to speed some things up in heaven because they've run out of wine, Jesus. Listen, the faith of a mother to be able, this isn't even a life or death situation. No one's dying here. They've just run out of wine. And Mary, he says, Mom, I I can't do this yet. I know what you're asking me. I know what you're asking me. I can't do this yet. And Mary, just like a mom would do, hey, fellas, y'all come over here. Y'all help him out real quick. Thank you. And guess what? Jesus does it. Jesus turns the water into wine. Because his little mama had enough faith that God cared for even the small things in life that he would totally rearrange heaven's schedule. Let me tell you what, we can learn a lot from our mothers. We can learn a lot from this little mother, Mary, that whenever you have faith in God, he's going to move. He's going to act. Come on. I love that. The first point I've got for you is obey no matter what. Obey no matter what. She turns to the servants and she says, do whatever he tells you. And listen, Mary, she's no stranger to what she asked the servants to do. Or I should say what she told the servants to do. Do whatever he tells you. (laughs) She's no stranger to that. Mary is no stranger to living by faith in the word of God. If you remember back in Luke chapter 1, we hear this story of Mary being visited by a heavenly messenger, and she's told that she's going to have a child, and it's not just going to be any child, but this child would be the son of God. And here is what happens in Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. 
And that's how most of us react to things that seem impossible. We, we, we tend to say, God, um, you must be a little uninformed here, but uh, what you're saying is impossible. But I want you to notice what the angel said. Verse 35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. And look at Mary's response. Verse 38, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. So whenever Mary turns to these servants and she says, do whatever he tells you, she's not just saying that just flippantly. She's saying it because she knows that whatever God says is true. Whatever God says is going to happen. Do whatever he tells you. And the angel came and told her that she would conceive and bear a child. She took it. She said, hey, I'm the Lord's servant. I believe what you've said, and may everything you've said come true. Church, we need to learn from this mama and learn to obey no matter what. Obey the word of God. Obey the voice of God no matter what. No matter what he tells you, no matter how impossible it may seem, no matter how far-fetched this idea is in our imaginations, we just need to be able to say, God, if you said it, I believe it. May it be so in my life. Obey no matter what. Here's my second point. Obey to the fullest. She told the servants, do whatever he tells you to do, and they did exactly what Jesus told them to do, to the letter, to the letter. He told them, he said, take these six stone jars and fill them with water. And in John chapter 2, it tells us they took them and they filled them to the brim. They filled them all the way up. Can you imagine being one of these servants and Jesus, you don't know who he is. He's just a wedding guest. He's not even the, the family that's supposed to be in charge of making sure that you didn't run out of wine in the first place. He's not that guy. They don't know who he is. They don't know he's the Messiah. They don't know that he can perform miracles. He hadn't yet. This is the first one, so it hadn't been done before. It's not like they'd been reading their Bible and be like, hey, I've heard of you. I think you can do it. Let me just do whatever you tell. No. What were they doing? They were obeying Jesus, right? But they were also obeying Mama Mary. Can I let you in on a little secret, mamas? Everyone is just a little bit scared of you. <laughs> just a little bit. We're all just a little, just a little bit scared. <laughs> so whenever a mama, doesn't matter who's mama, whenever a mama comes up and she tells you what to do, we're just like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> She said, do whatever he tells you. Yes, ma'am, we'll do it. Jesus said, go fill up these six stone jars with water. Yes, sir, we'll do it. They fill them to the brim. 
And Jesus says, now dip some of it out and take it to the master of the ceremonies, which would be like the wedding coordinator or the MC. Take it to him. Can you imagine? You're at a wedding festivity. You're not, it's not even halfway over, and you've already run out of the most important product of the, the entire ceremony. And some guy that you don't know tells you, we don't have any wine, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to fill these jars with water, and now I want you to take some in a cup and take it to the wedding coordinator. Can you imagine being the servant, being like, okay, and then what happens next? Is this good? What do you expect us to? They're going to think we're foolish if we take him water in a wine glass. He's going to look at it, throw it in our face. What are, you, what are you talking about, sir? Why would we do? No, they don't question it. They don't say, no, that doesn't make sense. Yes, sir. They dip some out. And I always thought, just in my imagination, that whenever they filled the jars up with water and they brought the jars to Jesus, just all of a sudden, boom, they were wine. But think about this. The Bible says that they took water to the master of the ceremonies. They took, they dipped water out and took it to the master of the ceremonies. I don't know if it happened along the way as they were walking it to him. I don't know if it happened whenever he was pouring it in his mouth. I don't know when, I don't know how, but what I know is that was some good wine. He said, hey, y'all have saved the best for last. This is a good wedding. Come on, we need to be a people of God that obeys no matter what and that obeys to the fullest. And just whenever you think things sound crazy, things sound illogical, we need to be able to remind ourselves, hey, if I just obey, if I just obey the voice of God, I can take this cup of water and somehow, some way, it's going to change. And I want to encourage you today, if there's anything that you've been going through, we can learn a lot from Mary's example and from the servant's example here. Just do whatever he says. Do whatever he tells you. Because he's the God of miracles. He is the God of miracles. Can you imagine being these servants at this wedding? And let me tell you, their obedience led to a miraculous moment. And this moment was a moment that not even heaven had planned for. Here's my last point. If we obey even when it doesn't make sense, and if we obey fully, the number three, we will be able to enjoy the blessing. Enjoy the blessing. I used to wonder why Jesus didn't just make the wine appear. I mean, if you can turn water into wine, then there's really no limits that you have. I don't know, I don't know a lot, much about wine at all. But I do know that wine is not made out of water. <laughs> I do know that wine is made from grapes, typically. And Jesus certainly could have done that. He could have looked at those stone jars that were empty 
And he could have performed the miracle right then, right there, by himself. But his mama, before she walked out of that conversation, she grabbed a couple more people and brought them to Jesus. Whenever I was a kid, a few times, whenever I would have a friend over at the house, my mom would, would pull a stunt. I would call it a stunt. Where we'd be, you know, in, in the room playing or, you know, outside playing whatever. And she would come up and be like, Sam, I need you to clean the gutters. I'd be like, but mom, my friend's here today. Well, good, because we've got two ladders. Y'all can get it done twice as fast. And I would just think, mom, you know, I'd do the typical, you know, roll my eyes. Mom, come on. She didn't care. She was a mama. And if my friend was over, he was just one of the brothers too. He got treated just like the rest of us. He got fed well. He got taken care of. But he was probably going to do some work around the house too. And Mary does the same thing. She goes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, they're out of wine. He says, Mom, this isn't our problem. What does Mary do? Hey, you guys standing around. You're not doing anything. Come over here. (laughs) Come here. Y'all help him. Do whatever he tells you to do. And I love this because Mary knows that God is the God of the impossible. Mary knows that Jesus can perform this miracle without their help. Mary knows that all that's needed is a word from Jesus' mouth. He doesn't need extra hands. He doesn't need other bodies. But what does she do? She does what mothers do. Hey, come get involved. Come enjoy the blessing too. That's good. Listen, that's the heart of a mother right there. That's the heart of a mother. Nobody left out. Nobody left on the sidelines. Come here. I'll take care of you too. Come here. You want to be a part of it? Come on in here. Jesus, tell them what to do. (laughs) I love this. John chapter 2, verse 9. If you would put it back up there for me, please, Brother Randy. John 2, verse 9. It says, when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew. The servants knew where it came from. The servants knew because the servants were the ones that drew the water out of the well. The servants knew because the servants were the ones that put the water into the jars. The servants knew because the servants were the ones that brought the jars back in to Jesus and put it at his feet. The servants knew where this wine had come from because the servants were the ones that dipped the water out of the jars and the servants were the ones that took the water to the master of the ceremonies. The servants knew where this wine had come from. And the church, I wish I could have been there in that moment or been a fly on the wall and just been able to have seen this all play out because of a mother, these servants who were nothing more than someone to just walk around and make sure that everything's clean and prepared and food and drinks were served. These ones that everyone else is overlooking and passing by as being a nobody. This mama saw them and said, hey, you want to know something cool? Come hang around him for a second. Do whatever he tells you to do. And because of that mama, these servants knew exactly what had happened. 
They had seen the impossible happen right in front of their eyes. And church, if we would learn from this example, obey to the fullest. Obey no matter what. If we can do these things, then we too will get to enjoy the blessing. We will get to enjoy the blessing. I love this. It's a story about Jesus. I don't want to get it wrong. It's a story about Jesus, what he can do, what he is capable of. But I love that John included all of these little details with Mary here just to show us the heart of a mother, to show us how much mothers care, how much mothers love, how much mothers nurture and teach. And that's just born in the heart of a mother. We want to honor all of you mothers today for that. And I pray that we can learn a lot from their example and we can learn a lot from the servant's example to just obey. Just obey. And I don't know what you may be going through this week. I don't know what God may be speaking to you. I, I imagine that there are some in this room that you felt God just kind of tugging on your heart in a certain area. Maybe God is, is asking you to give something away. Maybe God is asking you to, to make a phone call to, to someone. Maybe God is asking you to start mending a relationship that's been broken. Whatever God has been speaking to your heart, whatever he's been telling you, can I encourage you today, just do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Take a cue from Mother Mary and just do whatever he tells you. And when we do, we will get to enjoy the blessing. Amen. We want to thank you all for being here today. And we want to make sure that you've got plenty of time to enjoy with your families and with your mothers today. So we're not going to have any more singing after the message. I'm going to pray over us, pray over our mothers as as we get ready to close up. And if you would, if you're able to, moms, one more time, if you would, stand for us. We want to honor you one more time. I want to pray over you as we get ready to close. What a beautiful heritage. What a beautiful heritage we have as, as children, as sons and daughters, and as husbands, and to be able to look out and see the wonderful blessings that are standing up right now. We love you, mothers. We thank you for all you've done. Father, I pray that you would bless each and every single one of these mothers. God, I pray for those who have always desired and wanted to be a mother. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. God, I pray that your blessing would be so deeply rooted in their homes and in their lives, and in every decision they make, and everything that they put their hands to. God, you have made it abundantly clear in your word that a, a mother is, is one to be praised and honored. And Lord, we thank you for those that you have given us, both our, our natural mothers and the mothers that have been mothers to us, even though they didn't birth us. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless them abundantly. God, that they would feel your favor, that they would be able to know and understand your ways and your kingdom and your will. And God, I pray that you would speak to them so clearly. And Lord, I pray that whatever you speak, that they would be able to say, God, let it be in me according to your word. I thank you for the influence that they have left on this generation and the following generations. 
And God, I pray that your people would be blessed because of them. We thank you so much for the gift that is our mom. We love you so much, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would give our mothers one more hand, thank you so much. We love you. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day. And we'll see you all on Wednesday. Love you so much.